Welcome to All Access Network Podcast. So excited that you decided to join us. You will absolutely love and you're in for a treat for today's guest. Uh, we are on a mission to positively impact the world through sports and culture. We're a multimedia network, we're a YouTube channel, uh, a podcast, and we also have live shows. Uh, if you haven't followed us on YouTube, you can find us at uh, All Access Network. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, you can find us at All Access underscore net, uh, where we also do some of our live shows uh, along with Facebook at All Access Network. But so excited to have you with us today. Uh, we love for people to be able to write their story, uh, leave their mark and create their legacy. We're on a mission. We appreciate you joining us. And again, please share, like, and subscribe uh, whenever you get a chance. And stay on this journey with us. It's going to be an awesome ride. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. I you like that it. intro, bro. I like that countdown, man. Was fantastic. Not too bad. Not too bad. We'll give our we'll give our executive director, Miss Anitra Burton, my cousin, the shout out on that because that's the first time I've seen that one. She told me it was a new one in here. I like it. I like Not it. Not too bad. Not too bad. But we got a big time guest. Uh, excited for episode number two. Um, yeah, time flies in this league. A lot of great balls still being played. None better than what's happening in Grand Canyon University. You see the name at the bottom. We'll go ahead and bring Coach in, Coach Jamal Walker, uh, assistant coach at Grand Canyon University. Coach, what up? What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? We're good. Very well. Very well. Thank We're you. trying to heat up like you are, Coach. You guys are on fire right yeah. now. It's a crazy thing. I don't know. I don't know if it's like a you got like an offensive cheat code that you guys are using right now. <laughs> But the numbers you guys are shooting from the field is uh, pretty through the roof, period. But especially in conference play, looks more like numbers you see when you play a non-division one. Just talk a little bit about this offense shooting over 50 percent, over 60 percent, 24 threes in two games. I mean, we can keep listing off the numbers. Talk a little bit about how this team's been able to do that. Well, I think it starts, number one, with the, with the two guards. I think when you talk about Holland Woods and, and Javon Blackshear, two guys who are not only scorers, but they're very unselfish. And when those guys set the tone on an offensive end with their dribble penetrate to score for themselves, but more importantly, when they're moving the basketball and getting other guys' opportunities. And that stuff is very contagious. Uh, when you talk about college basketball or you're talking about basketball in general, when the ball is moving, and it creates what I call synergy. That ball has synergy. And when that ball has synergy and it's touching everybody's hands, everybody gets excited. And one of the things you start noticing that's contagious is, is getting other guys opportunities. And the other thing we talk about here is to make your teammates better, you know, to serve each other uh, in, in that way, not only on the, off the court, but on the court as well. And that's one way is to make a guy get the better uh, and getting him shots and making him play to his strengths. So that's what these guys have been doing the last couple of games. We want to continue to do that as we move forward. 
going on the road here this week. Jamal, did you expect your guys to put up 93 points against Abilene Christian the other night? I mean, that they were one of the best defensive teams coming into the ball game. And I mean, like, like, like coach said, you, you shot the lights out and it, it was over like almost at halftime. Well, no, I mean, we don't expect to, um, we, we want to just play really good basketball and that that's the number, the key, you know, shots come and go. I mean, you can uh, take good shots and that's what we want our guys to do is take good shots and share the basketball. And, and on, on that night, guys, the guys got hot. You guys start, start, start feeling it and start, and one more importantly, the way the ball move, I can't emphasize that enough, but when the ball moves that way, guys get excited and start helping each other out, getting great shots. And that's what happened in, in that scenario. And, you know, it, it just kind of carried over. And then we started to play well again when we played Tarleton the next uh, two nights later. Coach, I'm going to jump into non-conference real quick. Um, you know, these these games where you get to match up against other top-tier mid-majors uh, are a big deal when you get a chance to play those. And it's a tier one game, essentially. You guys beat San Francisco early in the year, who was undefeated at the time. Uh, one of the better mid-majors in the country has has proven to be that so far. What is it like to be able to get one of those wins as you go into conference play? And how has that kind of helped you guys to be able to know that you are? Because you're playing some of your best basketball now. That was a rather low-scoring game. But since then, you guys have almost taken off. What do you think you take away from that game? And what do those kind of mid-major matchups mean? First of all, I think those mid-major matchups should happen more often. I've been around long enough where you had the um, the, the bright old bracket buster games uh, when you used to play those, and those were exciting games in February. And so those those games mean so much to each uh, to each team to see where they're at, you know, as far as at that level, at the mid-major level, and when you get a chance to play a high major on a neutral site. So Todd, Todd Golden, I, you know, I appreciate those guys, and I got to speak down on their behalf to even take that game to play us in – Phoenix play us in downtown at the Footprint Arena to take that game. I think a lot of those games should happen. I think they're great for college basketball. I think they're they're great for mid majors and they're great for the programs that are in them. You know to learn about your team. So as far as our team on a non conference schedule, I think it becomes really really difficult to get uh, those type of scenarios. And I, I just hope that we can continue to find as we grow our program to have more opportunities like that. Jamal, I want to I want to ask you. This combo, this duo that you have in the backcourt, Javon Blackshear, Holland Woods, I mean, what do they do? So, I mean, you've already mentioned about, you know, making their other teammates better, but like, what do they do to make each other better? I think they just have such a great chemistry together. I think from day one, you could see it when we start practicing that those guys feed off each other and uh, it allows. Uh, each other to have the ball in their hands and they're both unselfish enough to play off the ball. And if you notice one thing that's really uh, evolved in Javon Blackshear's game is his ability to make catch and shoot threes. And I think in last year he had to play so much on the ball for our team to be successful that he was never on the back end of opportunities for him to catch and shoot. And so one of the things we talked to him and stressed about uh, his game and developing his game is that it could come back next year. He has to have a better catch and shoot game because he's going to play a little bit off the ball with Holland. And so Holland Holland's really good at creating and making others guys better and still creating his offense. So they kind of complement each other in a way, but yet they're so both unselfish that they're willing when one guy is hot to get the ball or when other guy is uh, creating and making opportunities to get him the ball so he can do that. And so I just think they have an unbelievable chemistry and I think our team feeds off that. Talk about the the change in rosters. I guess, I guess 
per se. Like last year, you had the two bigs, and Ash Midgard, you know, Alessandro Laver. You had a Mikey Dixon. You had Oscar Freire. You, you know, you had a, kind of a different roster and a different way of playing the game. This year, it seems like it's more of get up and go and let's score as many points as we can type of deal. How 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 happy are you with the results that you've been able to, you know, adjust to the fact that you're playing two different styles of basketball from last year's championship run to this year and you're still having success with it? Yeah, I think for first of all, it's a credit to Coach Coach Drew. Uh, to to adapt and and be willing to look at his roster and say, okay, this is the way we want to play and this is the way we need to play. And a lot of coaches are not as uh, flexible with their with their style of play. You know, he's he's had a lot of success with good guards in the past. You know, with this Darius Garland or you had Alec Peters when he was at Vanderbilt was a big or you know Alessandro Laver or uh, or Ash Bjorn, you know, Midgard. So coaches have been very adaptable if you look at his his career. So I think this is no different. He looks at, you know, our guards are really, really good. We need to put the ball in their hands and play make, and, and we're going to play from there. So I think that shows his adaptability as, as a coach. A couple other guys I want to ask you about, Sean Miller-Moore and, you know, Gabe McLaughlin, what they bring to the lineup. When he was Alley-Oop City this weekend – you know, in your games, and some of those were highlight reel, maybe even Sports Center, top ten, you know, dunks. But like, these two guys are energy guys that are play above the rim. Right, right. Well, we get, we got to try to play to our, to our player strengths, and one of the players, uh, those two players in particular, is is the play above the rim. And so we got to try to put them in situations where they can can utilize their athleticism. And both of them do a great job, not only going cutting and rolling and pick and rolls but they really do a good job if you look at their numbers of being ability to offensive rebound. And I think that creates a different element, not only to our team, but for them individually. You know, I, we always say this, man, if you're going to be selfish in a particular stat, be selfish in getting all as many offensive rebounds as possible. Cause I, I, I've never met a coach or a staff that goes, Hey man, stop offensive rebounding. That's not good for us. You know what I mean? Like be as selfish as you want to be on the glass. And I think those guys have taken made a commitment to, to uh to getting on the glass as well and only just playing that shows their athleticism and ability to play above the rim as well will you talk a little bit about that atmosphere on saturday night espnu game tarleton comes to town you know you're on national television the havocs are crazy as ever just talk about that atmosphere that night yeah first of all we're so blessed to have a, a student section and administration that cares so much about the the atmosphere of games and, and having our team be a, a spotlighted program here at the university. So I think it's really important that we shout those guys out to the point that that's a big part of our program and a big part of our university is the Havocs. You know, we would, it's such a fun environment to play in. I, I was an assistant at the Big Ten for eight years. You know, I've been to Michigan State. I've been to Indiana. I mean, it it is up there, if not better than, than that environment. And so as we continue to build this program, and continue to get it on on a trajectory that's moving forward. It's only going to get better. And so that atmosphere was just kind of the for me the beginning of what we're trying to establish here. And it starts with our administration and the love and passion from our student section, uh, and they, that they love the college basketball and they want to be a part of it. And they're a big big part of what we do, man. It, you know, we got that win the other night. It's twenty plus points, and they're, they're worth ten by themselves some nights. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I want to ask one last question, you know, what was the big 
uh, defining moment in the decision to come join Bryce Drew's staff at Grand Canyon? I mean, you've been in the Big Ten, you've been around. Like, what was the kind of defining moment that got you to to, to Phoenix? Well, yeah, I think there's a couple of moments. I think one, I was an assistant at Illinois when um, when we came to play GCU, and we had Kofi Coburn, we had Io Desumu, we had a really good team. That team, uh, but I just saw the potential in the place. Um, I'm one of those guys, man. I just, you know, I, I I try to do things differently, you know, in the sense of, you know, I think there's there's sometimes guys God directs you to a path, and you and you sometimes look and go, you want me to do that, you know, and that's kind of what happened here. And it's just like this is the direction that my heart wanted to go, but I knew the potential of the place. I, I knew Coach Drew and his ability to coach um, and to be an honorable man and be a man of God that that attracted me to 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 this opportunity. And you only get opportunities to kind of lay a foundation too often in college basketball. And this place had such potential. And I said, man, if you can get that going, a part of that staff and the direction we're going, I think that's called, that's a legacy, man. And, and, you know, for us to hang a banner in year one, we were the first, you know, that team, that program, that staff, the administration, we were the part of that. And we can walk in 20, 30, 40 years from now you know, be old and decrepit and feel like we're about to die and show our grandkids and go, hey, man, I was a part of that, man. I was a part of that foundation of that legacy of that university going from transitioning and eventually being hopefully potentially a powerhouse in college basketball. Yeah, you talked about Coach Drew and his ability to coach. Obviously, there's some bloodlines there where there must be uh, some kind of trade secrets. or Some kind of ability to coach. I mean, we – we see his brother just won a national championship. You guys won a conference championship, go to the tournament last year. Now they're back number one, and I know they took a little bit of a step right. last week. They are human, but no one expected them to be number one again, and here you guys are right. doing what you're doing in a different way like Kyle talked about earlier. What is it about Coach Drew, and if you don't mind, talk a little bit about with him because I still think he's probably somebody who doesn't maybe get as much recognition for the job he's doing and has done. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, I totally agree. And obviously he's my boss, but I'm, I'm, I'm biased, but I think he's, he's, he's one of the best in the business, you know, from a holistic point of coaching, developing basketball development and developing young men. I think that's really, really important as far as the Drews. I mean, it's kind of funny, man. I, I, I kind of looked at it like brothers and sibling rivalry. They're not, they don't have that at all, but you know, coach, you know, sitting at the table and Homer Drews talking about he's in the national hall of fame and, Coaches going, well, you know, hey, I took my first team to the, you know, the school's history first in the Bay tournament. What would you do, Scott? Oh, I just won a national title. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is like, ah, oh, well, mine's not as good, I guess. But, you know, but that, they're not like that. But it's, it's a fun because they've had such success. And I think the reason why they've had such success as a family uh, is is the character, is the type of people they are, you know. And they're very humble. Uh, I, I think that's number one. Uh, they're very servant and servant leaders, and I think they're good, godly men, and I think that's really, really important. Um, and because of that, I think they've had success because it's not about them, you know. And and I think even as you watch Scott, he's won a national title, he's still the same, you know. And I, I, Homer's won a ton of games. Homer, Coach Drew, he's always around here. He's still the same. And so I think that's kind of their secret sauce to their success. Yeah, and then what about um, yourself, Coach kind of, or Kyle kind of mentioned it, being at all these different levels, high levels, playing, coaching at Power Five. Um, what is it about GCU, the culture, outside of the fan base and outside of what you guys 
uh, maybe have already built in year one. What is the culture in the inside? Give us a little sneak peek. What is it that has allowed you guys to have this success so fast? And then now you're sustaining it. It's not like it was a one hit wonder. What is it about this, um, you know, Coach Drew and GCU staff culture? I think it starts again. I got to start with the administration here. I think the commitment level from uh, Jamie Boggs, our athletic director, President Brian Mueller. Uh, I think it starts there. I, I think those you got to start there at any university. It's, it's about your administration. You can be as good as you want to be as a coaching staff or good as you want to be as, a, as as players. But if your administration is not involved and not committed, it's very, very difficult. And I think we have one of the most, if not the best, most committed administration when it comes to success and money just being successful now but moving the needle forward each and every day i think it starts there and then you got to talk to coach and the way he lays a foundation from a cultural standpoint and i, I just it talked about earlier the way he treats our guys you know i think it's not just about basketball we try to do a holistic approach here that's not only this basketball as a student player but spiritually as well we're fortunate enough to be at a christian university where we can talk about god and it's something that's at the foundation of our program, uh, not all our players are, are Christians or followers, so to say. But we're gonna we're gonna be uh, teachers from a biblical perspective. Uh, I think our our coaching staff does that. Um, we we ha we talk about it periodically, and it's something that that's very emphasis. And not only places can do that, and not only staffs can do that. So that makes us very very unique. So uh, we're not for everybody, and I say that to right. to coaches and families all the time. We're not for some people. You know, and that's fine, but that's what makes us successful because we try to find those people who we can connect with and they can connect with us. And I think because of that, that's why we have a level of success, because I don't I don't think there's anything fake about what we're trying to do here. You know, right. so um, I think that's why we've had some success. And uh, let's be honest, man, we, we got good players. <laughs> we've had two all conference bigs last year. I think we got two all conference guards next year. I might even say three and way Gabe McLaughlin's playing right now. We have probably three all conference players potentially at some form or level. And so, uh, I mean, I know administrations are good and, and we got a great coaching staff that has a, a wealth of experience, but players win games and we have really, really good, good players here right now. The players that you guys have coaches, there are specific kind of makeup that is a grand Canyon or GCU, this new era makeup or their boxes that need to be checked. You said character. I know that's one, but is there something you specifically or Coach Drew specifically looks for in his players and the makeup of his players? No, I, I think it's character, man. I think it's so important, man. Char you know, character can win you some lot of games, man, when you have guys who are about the right things. And so uh, character is number one here. I think the second thing is that we look for guys who are winners, man. You know, if you look at Javon Blackshear, I second won four state championships in high school. I mean, that's impressive. You know, he, He's won in AAU, he's won in high school, and he's winning in college. And I think that translates to, to the level. Yeah. You know, we talk about a lot about winning and being a champion. And if you can bring in guys who understand that or who have a level of understanding what that's about, and we are fortunate enough he was here. And the one thing we've talked to him about is is, is building that brand of himself and, and the program of being a winner, and that's what he is. And he, and he gravitated to it really, really fast because he understood what winning was all about before he got to Grand Canyon. Now he's really reaping the benefits of it. He's just an example. We got several guys who won state championships from Gabe McLaughlin, who won a high school state championship at Basha. You know, we've had guys who've been winners. And so that's what's something we try to really find and identify as guys who won at a high level. Well, and you, you talk about that character. I mean, 
that has to help as well in adjusting to different roles. I mean, changing roles. Like you said, Javon Blackshear goes from being the ball handler last year to now playing off the ball and being more of a scorer this year. Yep. Gabe McLaughlin was the sixth man of the year last year, and now he's a starter for it. Like, I feel like that plays into the success as well as the, the high character guys are able to adjust to their role without any complaints or anything like that. They just want to win. Yeah, and that's what it's all about, guys, because when you know when you come from winning, you understand that, that everybody has to sacrifice. Not everybody can do the things exactly to a T that their mind it wants them to do or their mom wants them to do. They have to do what's best for us and what's best for the team. And so when you're used to winning and you understand that, it becomes a lot more, I would say, easier to do, you know, when winning's at the forefront of what you're trying to do. And, and you know, something we always try to emphasize is that we, we want to be, again, we want to be servants. I mean, it's part of kind of our biblical uh, teachings. And for, we want to serve each other. It's not about us. It's not, it's not about uh, what I want is what about my teammate and then, you know, and then playing for the, for the Lord above. And so that's something that we really try to emphasize here. Kyle, let's get one more before we ask the funny, funny story. We got a funny story, coach. I don't know if you knew that. Okay. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to talk, I want Kyle, I'm a big St. Louis Cardinal fan. So I, I I'm just really struggling with the cub stuff. Hey, in the background. Then how do you touch with coach Drew? He's a Cubs man. fan. I mean, I respect Cub fans because you were so bad for so long, and I understand that. I mean, the Cardinals is one of the best organizations in baseball. Just you know, just I'm not going to deny that. But I'll agree okay, with okay, you 100 okay. on that. Sure. Okay, all right. Yeah, 100 percent on that. I told him we, me and my dad, have discussions about that all the time about the Cardinals being one of the best organizations in baseball. So yes, 100. Okay. All right, let's, let's just get that out in the open. Okay, now I feel better. Okay, let let's let's continue. Okay. <laughs> Well, I want to ask you about the whack. You've you've seen the craziness that's gone on. You and New Mexico State are kind of up there. Sam Houston, you got a big one this week against the Bearcats, you know, and SFA. I mean, what what have you seen when you watch it on film? When you watch these other games around the conference, I mean, it's kind of a wild wild season so far. Yeah, I mean, that's that's conference play at every level I've ever been at. You know, it's just. It's different in conference. The one thing that's different about the WAC this year is the implementation of those teams from from Texas and being from the Southland. It is it's a different style of basketball than what we've seen in the WAC. And I think it you got to give credit to Mexico State for how the WAC was starting to form out before we got here. Um, it's something we discussed when we took the job is how dominant they were and how big they were with size. You know how they rebounded and dominated the glass. Um, it's, it's something we emphasize in recruiting. That's why we took Alessandro Labor or we had Alessandro and we took Ashby and we played them together. You know, it was something, you know, it's a credit to them. You know, now as you look at our league, you implement the Stephen F. Austins, the Abilene Christians, uh, the, the, the Sam Houston States. They play fast. They play up-tempo. They got fast guards. It is a kind of a contrast of styles, to be quite honest with you, from the teams from the older whack to the new whack. And so it, you see it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because I think some teams are going to have to make some adjustments. I know something that we talked about when, when they added them is we want to add more speed. And that's why we took Holland Woods. We took another point guard. We know we needed that. We want to take more speed so we can play different ways. And so um, I think that's going to continue as, as, the, as this conference, everybody gets more adjusted to this conference. You guys aren't going to look ahead to next Saturday, right? You're focused on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, you got to in this league. It's it's 
you know, I know that the old I'm one of those dudes that hate when coaches come up there with all the, you know, the, the coaches talk and they're just like, man, but it is, it's truly, you got, you got playing one at a time, man. If you look forward to those, we look forward to every game because every game matters. You know, every game stop counts the same on, it's either going to give you a win or it's going to give you a loss. And so, you know, we want to be at the forefront. We want to play for championships. We're not denying that here. You know, it's something we talked about when we walked in the door. We're going to play for championships and we're going to have a championship mentality. So and in that championship mentality, they will understand that every game matters. And so we want to play uh, to a style or to our way in which we were playing for that championship. And so um, that takes every day, not only in the game, but in practice. You know, we want to have a practice mentality. We want to uh, appreciate the process. And the thing I want to emphasize, if we lose games for us, it's about the process. How did we play? How did we do things? You know, you can play really, really well in this league and you still can lose a game, you know, and um, and that's OK. You know, what, let's continue to strive to get to be the best team we could possibly be. And that's that's through the process of, 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 of getting better in practice and hopefully those will result into wins and games. All right, Coach, funny story. You got a funny story for us. I know you're a baseball fan. You just revealed that to us. What's a funny story you got? It's going to have some St. Louis Cardinals. Watch this. Watch <laughs> it. <laughs> a funny baseball story? It don't uh, have to be baseball. It could be anything. Basketball, this team, family, whatever you got. Yep. Oh, I don't know, man. It, it, that's kind of on the spot thing. I think for me, I'm a big Chiefs fan, uh, okay. too. You know, I, and people always make fun of me all the time because I'm, I'm from Kansas. So, I'm supposed to be a Royals fan. Well, I don't like the Royals, and here's why. Here's why I don't like the Royals. I grew up in the mid-'80s, and they had Vince Coleman and Ozzie Smith, and they had a game called RBI. I remember I'm the same. Yeah, those were the great ones. Yep. I used to play with them all the time, and so I was always those guys, and I would win because you could steal all the bases. You know what I mean? You could steal all the bases with all that speed on the, on the, on the Cardinals. And so that's why I became a, a true Cardinal fan, and I went to St. Louis University, and my coach – was Charlie Spoonhour. And if everybody knows Charlie Spoonhour, Charlie was a huge Cardinal fan. And so we hit it off from the beginning. And Charlie, I know I probably used to say, but Charlie used to actually drop his tickets sometime in the office. And I look down and he'd go, hey, uh, something's on the floor. And I'd go to the Cardinal game. You know, he would give me tickets to the game. So I hope we don't get anybody in trouble. This is like 20 <laughs> years ago. But that was kind of the thing, and you know, I appreciated that. So, from a Cardinals perspective, that's why I play. I love the Cardinals. Is honestly, it's not because of Mark McGuire. It's because of RBI baseball on Sega Genesis. I think Let's it was or Nintendo. It might it have been Nintendo. Nintendo. Yeah, it was Nintendo. Nintendo. It was Nintendo. Okay, with the with only two buttons. I'm, I'm the old NES that. system. Yep. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Used to blow, blow on it and then stick it yeah. in. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> that's what you know is Nintendo. Yeah, it's oh. great Nintendo, man. So. Uh, Great ball game. I like that. that. That's a Cardinal funny story. That's everybody always asks me, "Wait, you're from Wichita, Kansas? Why are you a Cardinal fan?" Well, that's why. Nice. Coach, we appreciate you joining us, man. And uh, you guys are obviously on fire. Excited about what you guys are building there, and continue to support. Love to see that you know great men in college basketball being able to get wins too. So, salute to you guys. Keep up the great work, man. And uh, next, the next conference season as it keeps going on this season we'll have to bring you back and talk some more about some of these games and some of these matches but good luck the rest of the way guys appreciate it thanks for you guys doing what you're doing for our league and and and, and putting it out there and um i will come back definitely but kyle has to remove the cub stuff in the back <laughs> for me to come back okay and, uh. and, tell, and tell coach drew at some point in the year we're coming for him so he's got to get ready
Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely do that. Guys, I appreciate it. Thanks, right, Thanks, man. Good luck. All right, All right. as always, another, uh, another great episode. We let Kyle break it down, as always. I'm super biased to Jamal. He's one of my favorites in the business, just a high-level coach in person. Let's talk about this squad for 60 seconds, and then we on to the next one. Listen, I like this GCU squad. Javon Blackshear has stepped into the scoring role that he didn't play last year because of who they had in their lineup. Had to change, make it, uh, make an adjustment, and he's stepped into it perfectly. Holland Woods, best compliment that Drew, Bryce Drew could have given Javon Blackshear as a ball handler around the perimeter. Creates opportunities for everybody. I mean, if you haven't watched the Lopes play, watch them this weekend. Sean Miller Moore can jump out of a gym. Gabe McLaughlin is relentless on the boards, but they have other role players too. I mean, Chance McMillian, there was a game a couple weeks ago where they were plus 17 with him on the floor and they struggled without him on. It's just amazing the depth that this team has. And you wouldn't have thought, you know, that would have carried over from last year's WAC tournament championship team and WAC regular season championship team. But Bryce Drew, Jamal Walker, their staff, they reloaded. They even have Tayshaun Cherry, who's been red hot lately from Arizona State as well. So they have the pieces in place. I like this GCU squad. Big week ahead as they go to Sam Houston, Stephen F. Austin. Um, if they can get through that unscathed, they have a big one, you know, on, on January 29th in Las Cruces. But, like, this team is right where it needs to be. They get up and down the floor. They play with a lot of energy, and they shoot it well. Like we said, 24 three-pointers in their two wins this week. Split it evenly, 12 in each game. Take, take that part out, the 60% and 50%. And, and and you know from last year and from the makeup of this team and this program, they're going to defend too. So when you can score at that level and get stopped, yeah, it kind of gives other uh, opponents the chills. But in the meantime, we'll talk more about this squad uh, on the full episode. We appreciate Coach Walker. And you guys know where to find us. All Access Network YouTube, along with Black Hoops Digest. And we will see you guys. Welcome to All Access Network Podcast. So excited that you decided to join us. You will absolutely love and you're in for a treat for today's guest. Uh, we are on a mission to positively impact the world through sports and culture. We're a multimedia network, we're a YouTube channel, uh, a podcast, and we also have live shows. Uh, if you haven't followed us on YouTube, you can find us at uh, All Access Network. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, you can find us at All Access underscore net, uh, where we also do some of our live shows uh, along with Facebook at All Access Network. But so excited to have you with us today. Uh, we love for people to be able to write their story, uh, leave their mark, and create their legacy. We're on a mission. We appreciate you joining us. And again, please share, like, and subscribe uh, whenever you get a chance. And stay on this journey with us. It's going to be an awesome ride. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month, 
and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career.